The ACC just changed their scheduling model to a 3-5-5. Candace Cooper of Locked on ACC joins to tell us what that is all about, and then we try to apply it to the SWAC. It's kind of an experiment, but I am very excited to bring this to you. Oh, yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. The Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day. Every day in today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. I am so excited over the moon, some would say, to deliver this episode to you. I kind of teased it at the end of Friday's episode that we would be back kind of adopting the ACC scheduling format. Well, before we get into actually adopting it and applying it to the SWAC, how about we find out what it actually is? The ACC does this thing called the 355 that they will be putting into place in 2022, I believe, if not 2023. But I think this year we're going to bring Candace Cooper of Locked on ACC to tell us all about it, because why just project and suspect what it is when we can bring in the actual expert about it? Candace Cooper from Locked on ACC has everything we need to know. So let's get to it. All right, Coop. So I've read a lot about the 355 model, the pros and cons, how people feel about it. For those who haven't read, in the simplest of terms, what is the 355 scheduling model that the ACC is now using? Sure. So I think the 355 model is best broken down into you get three opponents that are always going to be your quote unquote rivals, let's say. They will forever be for the next four years teams that you have to play within the conference. And then the 5-5 model is just how they'll switch up the rest of the conference and break it down. So it won't be necessarily the same five teams every single year as it will be for your three opponents who are like, again, your new fun favorite rivals that your fans get to see for the next four years. So it's been a lot of who got the best three, who got the worst three, who got forgotten about when it comes to the ACC and all of these different matchups. So thankfully we have some good math stars around here because there's so many different scenarios you could pull when it comes to who to pick. And you said something in there that I actually didn't see in my my reading. You emphasize for the next four years twice. Now, I understand that with the five teams, it's a home away, home away type of deal. But does the three permanent opponents get reevaluated after four years? Yeah, so my understanding is that they will always have that evaluation period. They're going from 2023 to 2026. And then from there, it could be a switch up. But you know, crazier things have happened. Who knows if we'll even be this conference in four years. So I'm just trying to just ride the tide with this new uh, program that we're dishing out. The, be the best part is there's no division. So now you don't have anyone complaining about how Clemson may be dominating one side and the Coastal is crazy on the other. It's pretty much a free-for-all, so there's no excuses. Well, since we're talking about people leaving, Clemson <laughs> might not be dominating any ACC. You know? <laughs> Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, apparently. I'm just trying to try to keep up day every day. Somebody they different. 
they mentioned that in the youth in uh in the in locked on group chat and you said yeah man, don't get that tomato tomato <laughs> tomato tomato because for me north carolina where i went to school acc is pretty much loyalty there and i'm just, i guess i'm just at, i need to get off my lawn because i'm like what for the student athletes that are gonna have to travel god knows i can't imagine usc or ucla being in my conference and knowing i had a math test on wednesday and i had to travel to go to a swim meet on thursday like so many moving parts that people don't see on the back end like yeah we the TV rights, maybe the new rivalry is born, but there are other sports that are participating in football. And I get it, you know, we obviously aren't a revenue generating sport, but still, it's insane what you're trying to say. You're doing in the best in interest of the athlete, can't be, ain't no way. And real quick on that USC thing, because we're not even going to get into that, guys. Don't you <laughs> have to worry about it. But I'm just imagining USC and UCLA having to travel to the East Coast basically four or five times a year. Right. Every year, at least the East Coast teams only have to make that travel once. That yeah. that is blowing my mind. You're lucky if you get a if you're USC and you get a UCLA away game because now you don't have to travel cross country for one away game. It, I'm it's saying the craziest, it's the craziest thing. It's the craziest <laughs> thing. But when you're looking at this model, is it a is it a benefit? Is it a is it a bad thing? Is it something that you are glad they made the, the switch to? Yeah, listen, well, I think for right now, the ACC is just happy to, you know, roll out something positive for the football squad. Because, again, we don't know what this is going to look like in four years. And with the T with ACC's grant of rights and how they have everyone set up from a TV deal, I think it's best for all parties to have, like, your three staples and then have everybody else switch it up just a bit. But, you know, definitely from a regional perspective, I think the ACC got it right in a lot of ways, whether it be Miami playing, you know, Florida State, or you have your North Carolinas playing your NC States and your Dukes of the world. So I think it's just all about really reviving some of these rivalries, but also starting some new traditions. You never know what could happen. Yeah, and when I look at the old way that they were scheduling, I don't know what was wrong with it, but I know <laughs> that something was wrong because I read that Miami didn't play Wake Forest in nearly nine years. So, so what is what was the problem with this yeah. scheduling that you could have two teams in the same conference not play for nearly a decade? Yeah, so with the Atlantic and the Coastal Divisions, it was split up to where you played those group every single year that, and you figured out who was going to be your Atlantic or Coastal Division champion, and they played each other. But there was never a contractual obligation to play some teams from the Atlantic or the Coastal or vice versa, right? So you also have people being like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we haven't done it in a while, so let's pop this bad boy on. And it really wasn't a strategic or organized setup in terms of who teams you play outside of your division. So now you have the opportunity to just make it plain, right? Top two teams get to go. You don't have anybody to have to play where you know it's going to be a tune-up game or somebody that you're always going to be neck and neck just any given day, how the stars aligned, whether that team was good and better than you that day, you know, sort of situation. So I think it's really beneficial for the ACC to try and just do away with this because, I mean, we look at some of the big boys and the heavy hitters, the Big Ten and the, and the um, SEC when it comes to football, and they're just pretty much telling you we're leaving the you know SEC West behind or vice versa. So I think it'll be fun to uh, have something different for the ACC. Maybe, maybe it'll make people con convince people it's like we're a cool conference because right now I'm feeling like everybody thinks we're lame, and I just don't understand. <laughs> I think y'all are kind of lame. Uh <laughs> 
I know. I think it's because we have to do something. I think no. I really feel like people didn't watch the uh, March Madness this past season, and clearly were slept on by Duke and Carolina rivalry, and literally one of the greatest rivalries in college sports. And so it's wild to me that nobody like bumps the ACC like that. Also, when you look at Clemson and Florida State and the national championship championships that we've had so far. I mean, come on, bro. Like, it's just, it's it's disrespectful. I'll tell you what it is. It's the fact <laughs> that, A, A, I'm freaking blinders on looking okay. at football, right? So I'm okay. only looking at football. And it's just the fact that it feels like it's one team in the ACC. And then everybody else is just, they're just there for window dressing. It's just oh, the okay. one team that's good. That's what it seems like. I that's what it seems wrong. like for sure. That's what it seems like. I, I tell you to pay attention this season. I think it's okay. everyone's going to have a pleasant surprise about how good teams are. I mean, hell, Wake Forest literally went undefeated last year. Clemson had an offseason, but NC State did just enough. So just, just, just wait. Kenny Pickett, Pitt, you know, there's a lot of good things coming that way. We're so I'm just, I'm just encouraging you. We'll, we we'll revisit this. <laughs> we are going to. You heard it first. If Candace Cooper says we need to watch ACC football this year, okay. then you better have your TVs on. In addition, you know, we're going to be watching our HBCUs, but we got to make oh, sure we check sure. them out as well. Now, a couple of more questions. When you're looking at this 355 model, obviously that works for 14 teams. If a team or two teams, a package deal, two teams leave or two teams get added to the conference, does this model still work? Well, you know, that's a great question. I wish I could give you the mathematics of like, yeah, we'll just be fine. We'll switch them out here and throw one in there. So I think all of this is written in sand at this point. While you had the ADs and all these facility people come together and make this great, you know, chart for us and how it all be broken down. It may not hold true in 2024 because Clemson, Florida State, Miami might not be here, right? And if you don't get Notre Dame to come into the mix and try and throw themselves their hat in the ring, again, what are we doing this for? So, you know, I just, I'm riding the tide. I'm riding this current 355 model. I say it works right now. Don't ask me if it's going to work in 2024. I got you. Now, (laughs) we're going to apply this to the SWAC in a second, but the SWAC is currently in divisions. So they have an East and a West. I know that's, they have the Coastal and the Atlantic and the ACC. Does this model, work with divisions or does it have to be just one conference with no separations? Um, I really think it's best to have no divisions and just have, you know, your three that you do in rotation and your five and five or however your conference is broken down, because I think ultimately having no divisions leaves room for anybody to have a shot going into the season. All right. Well, I want to tell you guys something about Candace before we leave. Candace, in addition to being a great host, right? Oh my she gosh. is one of the most welcoming people. She was, I think, if not the only, one of the only to actually send me a message personally and say, welcome to the team, right? Not in the group chat or anything. And she's been here. Why y'all think she's on the show all the time? Right? Like, <laughs> like, come on, guys. Y'all, y'all, y'all know this by now. Coop has yeah. been great. Go ahead and check her out on Locked on ACC. Where can they find you on social media? Yeah, it's all love. It's always a pleasure to be here. And, of course, you guys know that Darian's so talented. And so it's just happy to see him doing his thing. But you can find me on Twitter at Candice D. Cooper if you want to talk junk. I love to, you know, to talk back, but only if it's polite. Like, I don't get crazy. Like, you know, we're going to sit here and talk about Jackson State. We're going to talk about some other school. Like, let's just all be kumbaya. Tennessee State, like, I'm kind of excited for this season. No, no sleep. I think it's going to be a really good football on this side of things i hope so it's a lot of hype and i think it should live up to it make sure you're checking her out on on locked on acc and we're going to continue looking at the 355 model as we go into applying it to the southwestern athletic conference before we apply what we've learned let's talk about linkedin because linkedin makes it easier to grow your team as a small business listen i know people who have personally on both sides of these things they have reached out 
and said, hey, I love what your company is doing. I think that I'll be a good fit because of this. And then also business people who have said those guys or those girls are the right fit for my organization. These are great tools because it helps you make direct contact to those who you need to talk to. Look, you add your job and then add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can grow to the right people. And then you have simple tools like screening questions, making it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview, who would you like to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hire versus leading competitors. Now, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster than ever before. But did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers, 40 million, seek and go on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. And remember, terms and conditions do apply. All right, so keep me rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day I do appreciate it. And today's word of the day is team. That's T-E-E-M. It means to be filled with something or to become full to overflowing. And we're going to be talking about if the SWAT can adopt the ACC's 355 method. We just heard Candace Cooper come on here and tell us what she likes why it's a good thing, why it's a really a big boost over what the old format was. Not having Miami and Wake Forest play for nearly a decade while being in the same conference just seems crazy to me. This kind of keeps that away from happening. So she's given us the background, a little bit of the exposition. Now it's on us. The foundation has been built. Now we're going to try to build out our own 355 model. I didn't start this until after her interview. And once I began to do it, I realized that, hey, if you do lose members, it would affect you because they're at 14. 355 works perfectly for that. I don't know the mathematics like she didn't know the mathematics to how you would fix it for 12 teams, which is what the SEC or excuse me, the SWAC has. So with that being said, a couple of these teams are going to have two members and I'm going to go ahead and have that be Bethune Cookman and FAMU since they're just so new to this. But let's see, we're going to try to give everybody else three permanent opponents. So if you have a third opponent in your family or Bethune-Cookman, please let us know in the comments. Man, this is going to be so much fun. I believe that as we do this, I want you to just say who your team is and who you would like to your, your three permanent opponents to be. If you're in the comments, just do that or tweet me at South Exclusives because I think that this could be something that we revisit later and say, hey, this is a fan-made 355. These are the things that I just think are very interesting. So this might not be the last time that we actually even touch on this. So. Some teams were easier than others. Um, some teams had natural in-state in rivalries. Most teams did. You know, there's three teams in Mississippi. So that makes it kind of easy. Like some of these teams, such as a Jackson State or a Southern, they were teamed with rivals. I had so many people that I could pick. In, in a way, for teams like Jackson State, Southern, I think maybe Grambling, but for sure Jackson State and Southern, it was more difficult on who was I going to leave out as opposed to who was I going to put on. But let's go ahead and jump straight into it. And let's start off with Jackson State. See, I had Alcorn. Got to have that, that in-state rivalry. It is Jackson State and Alcorn. That is the Mississippi SWAC rivalry. So I wasn't going to not have those two go against each other. There's too much history there. And this isn't even about current teams. 
So when I look at teams like Jackson State, Alcorn, the history is there. If Deion Sanders left, if Fred McNair left, I still think that would be a situation. And I feel pretty confident. And I think you would agree that that is a game that would still be big time. Now, here goes one that I think is a little bit controversial. I'm going with Jackson State and FAM, U.S. permanent opponents. See, there is no Mississippi Valley State here. It's not where all the Mississippi teams are going to play each other every single year. And I might ruffle a feather or two with that one. And I'm okay with that. I'm going to tell you why, though. I have Jackson State and FAM, you going because I think that, and I could be caught in the moment, but hey, whatever. These things are able to recycle every four years. So in four years, this doesn't seem like it's what it is in 2022. All right, go ahead and bring Mississippi Valley in. That's okay. But as of right now, I think that this has a has a chance to really build and bud into a big-time rivalry. We talked about that on not last – I think it might have been Monday, actually. It might have been a week ago. Um, these days, just <laughs> they just keep going for me. But we talked about how they have the potential to be a rivalry. I'm going to go ahead and accelerate that potential and have them be permanent opponents and face every year. We're going to have the Orange Blossom Classic every single year. And with that being the case – that should create the rivalry and could, you know, kind of ju- get the juices flowing to where both te- both sides really think that this is a rivalry. And then lastly, I'm going to go with Southern. I said Jackson State and Southern were two teams that had a lot of rivals, and I could have put multiple people in those three slots. I decided to put them against each other because, look, I have, I have people who like family to me who would absolutely kill me if I did not put this in here. Listen, I got, like, one of my best friends, uh, stepdad, is a Southern fan, okay? And I got so much respect for him. I couldn't not talk about the Southern Jackson State rivalry because I feel like I've heard it from him so much. And I know how these fan bases get. So I had to put that in there. Two of the best bands in the swag, but forget the bands. Let's just talk about the fan against each other. Got to put that in there. So I hope that you're listening to that. And I hope that you are agreeing with that. Those are my three teams for Jackson State. I got Alcorn, Southern, and FAMU. Then for FAMU, obviously, I'm going to have Jackson State again, and then can't not have Bethune-Cookman. All of these teams are going to have their in-state rival. Mississippi is the only team or only state that has three. So if you're a fan of any other school, don't worry. I'm not going to do the controversial thing and take geography out, even though geography was not the driving force for a lot of these of these topics. It really wasn't. It was not the driving force for a lot of the uh, the, the the decisions that I actually decided to make. But I don't want you to think that I'm going to leave your in-state rivalry out. So you're going to have your Magic City Classic. You're going to have your Bayou Classic. You're going to have your Labor Day Classic. You're going to have those games. So don't even concern. Your Florida Classic is still alive and, and well. So you're going to have Florida going against Bethune-Cookman, of course. Then when you get to Alabama A&M, you're going to have Alabama A&M going against Bama State. You're going to have Alabama A&M going against Alcorn, right? And then you're also going to have Alabama State going up against um, Mississippi Valley. So I thought that Mississippi Valley was an interesting school and we'll get to them in a little bit, but I really did think they were kind of an interesting school, but I just decided to do that. And that was mostly geography based. I did want to go with that geography wise. Then you have Bama state. You're going to have Alabama A&M. You're going to have Prairie View, and then you're going to have, um, UAPB. Now, the reason this is kind of a, a tough one is because I was going to originally have Mississippi Valley state and UAPB have two teams. So originally on my list, I have FAMU and I have Bethune-Cookman going against some of the Alabama schools, but I just decided that, you know what? FAMU, Bethune, they just got here. They don't really have much stock here. They don't really have much 
other than the Jackson State family that really came together like that, there's not much here for these schools right now. Give them a couple of more years being in the SWAC. Maybe after this first rotation, after this first four years, you'll actually see a little bit of vitriol between some of these teams, and we'll have a better uh, or a clearer picture of who should be the permanent rival for our Florida teams. I was going to go with the Alabama because it's basically right there, right? There's no schools in Georgia, so Alabama would have been the closest schools to them. But I just decided to give it to UAPB and Mississippi Valley State. Um, and with that being said, Mississippi Valley State. So you're going with Alcorn. You're going to go with UAPB, and I'll touch on the UAPB thing in a minute when I get into them in the next segment. But then you're going to have Alcorn, University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, and then you're also going to have Alabama A&M. So I decided to go, or excuse me, Alabama, yeah, Alabama A&M. You're going to go Alabama A&M, and I just feel like that's a good geography. Mississippi Valley State has to face at least one of the Mississippi teams, and when you take Jackson State out of it, it gets a little bit more difficult. But I did feel as if, having that difficult decision of who I was going to put Valley against, it was worth having Jackson State and FAMU and have that Orange Blossom Classic to continue going. If you don't like that, let me know in the comments. I really want to know who your school is and who your three permanent opponents will be in your mind. And then Bethune-Cookman, you're going to have Alabama, <clears throat> excuse me, you're going to have FAMU, and then you're also going to have Texas Southern, not Alabama and them. I have to adjust some of my list on the fly because I forgot to write that down that I was going to have Bethune-Cookman and FAMU only have two. So we're going to go with FAMU for Bethune-Cookman and then also Texas Southern. And we'll talk about that a little bit because I just think that's a, a decent rivalry, even though it's kind of the farthest teams versus the farthest teams as far as Texas and Florida. But I still thought it was a good enough matchup to where that could be something. And remember that Bethune-Cookman really doesn't have another rival within this conference right now. Right now, they don't have another conference, but with these three permanents or the two permanents in their case, you have the chance to at least make them have a rivalry or create a rivalry. Not all rivalries are natural. Some are man-made. Some are man-made. And guess what? Texas Southern versus Bethune-Cookman is a man-made rivalry. And that man is I, Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South. And we'll continue listing off our permanent opponents. Those are all the schools that were in the East Division. So now we'll go over to the West Division. You'll hear some of the matchups repeat, of course, but I will say them again just so you can count up and know who's facing who. So that's what you'll have looking forward to in the next segment. Before I get into that, I want to tell you about Bet Online because Bet Online is the best place for all of your wagering needs. Listen, if you want to talk about, we still don't know where Kevin Durant's going. All right. If you want to talk about, the NBA future, who's going to be the MVP next year in the NBA or the NFL or the comeback player of the year in the NFL. I got my money down on either Jameis Winston or Michael Thomas, likely Jameis Winston because he's the quarterback. And I'm a little bit biased. Go check out Locked On Saints. Ross Jackson is the truth, right? But you're going to have those odds, MVP odds. You're going to have defensive player of the year odds, win totals, who's going to win the conference, who's going to win each division. There is so much already because this is a cycle. So as soon as you think it's over, yeah, it's done. But in the next couple of days, it's going to start right back again so you can predict on what's going to happen way in the future as opposed to what's going to happen the next weekend. There's so many things to do on, on here, including your esports, your favorite Vegas casino games. They are absolutely loaded. You want to talk about teamed? These things are, or excuse me, Bet Online is teamed with options to wager on. That's why I consider them the fastest and the easiest and all around the best place to wager everything you could possibly need. Bet Online, where the game starts.
All right, it's wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. We've talked about the East. Now it's time to get to the West. We're continuing our exercise and experiment of just doing a 355. Man, I felt so bad after I started doing it because I was like, oh, all teams can't get three. But I've committed myself to this, and I have to get these permanent opponents out. So just so we know, Bethune-Cookman would have had Alabama A&M as an opponent, and then FAMU would have had Alabama State as an opponent. But I had to knock them down to two. So. You got to forgive me. Instead, we're going to have UAPB landing with Bama State, and then we're going to have Mississippi Valley landing with Alabama A&M. So I felt bad because I was really good at math back in the day, but I guess not taking math in years upon years has really brought down my numbers. I forgot 14 is bigger than 12, I guess. (laughs) But it's okay because we're still rocking. We're still going. And like I said, some of these you're going to hear again, but Man, let me tell you, this was so much fun to do. I had a blast doing that over the last couple of hours after doing that interview with Coop. It was absolutely great. And I'll tell you that this, I'll tell you this, Alabama A&M, or excuse me, Arkansas Pine Bluff was easily the most difficult team to do. Of everybody that I had to go through, they were the most difficult team to assign your three, especially when I had to upgrade them from two. It was, it was kind of difficult to get to two, a little bit, but it was really difficult to get to three. And the reason they were so difficult is because outside of everybody, they're the only school in a swag that doesn't have a partner in their state. There's two teams in in Texas. There's two teams in Louisiana, two teams or three teams in Mississippi, two teams in Alabama, two teams in Florida. There's everybody has a, a partner in their state. Arkansas Pine Bluff does not. So that made it kind of difficult because no matter how difficult some of them of them could have been, I always knew I would have one. Even when it was like, okay, how am I gonna get these other two? I knew I had one. I could fall back and say Bethune was going against Fam. Fam is going against Bethune, and they might not have much stock here, but I at least got one. Arkansas was kind of like, and a lot of people don't really talk about Arkansas. But with that, it goes to another school. They're kind of the odd man out, and it kind of becomes the odd man out classic is what I like to call it. Um, I don't expect you to call it. Look, Pine Bluff fans, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Valley fans, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. But this could be the odd man classic where you have Valley and Arkansas Pine Bluff going against each other because Pine Bluff is the odd man out as far as not having a partner in their state, something that no other school has to worry about. But then you look at Valley, and Valley is the school that's kind of the odd man out within Mississippi. And if all schools are on an equal playing field in the state of Mississippi, Valley is kind of playing the third. It's kind of like in the pros where if the Jets, Giants, and the Bills are on the same playing field, which they have been for the majority of my life at least, right? The Bills kind of – you kind of forget the Bills are even in New York. They, they don't talk about them as if they're in New York. Valley won't ever get that bad. They got Mississippi in their name. But – They're not in New York City, so sometimes they're treated as if they're just the third team of of New York. Now, they're better than everybody else, so now we can acknowledge them as the best ones. But for the last 10 or so years before Josh Allen really started to ascend, and that's the majority of my lifetime, right? They didn't have that love. They were just the other team in New York when you thought about it. That's kind of how I feel like Valley gets treated. They're like the other team in Mississippi. They're not Alcorn or Jackson. This is the odd man out classic. I'm sorry. I don't mean no disrespect. That's just how I feel like people view them. But that's why I call this the odd man out classic. And I will every time. And this is the one team that I felt as if Valley and Arkansas Pine Bluff really got up to go against because you had the coach of Valley talking about how 
it shocks me that we don't play a school that's literally two hours down the road. That was a little discouraging and disheartening that we don't play UAPB because we took or we look forward to playing UAPB every year. That's all I need. We look forward to playing them every year. Put them in. They are your permanent opponent. You ain't even got to worry about that again, Nancy. Now I'm at the helm. I'm going to make sure that she's taken care of, right? But then for UAPB, I've noticed a lot of them, they don't like Grambling. Now, Grambling's kind of dismissive. Grambling is kind of like, this is not a rivalry. What are you talking about? But from the UAPB side, it seems like, no, nah, we don't like you. <laughs> we don't We don't really we don't really rock with you. Let's just keep it like that. And Grambling's like, no, it's not a rivalry. But it's one way. It could be one way. Or maybe Grambling's just doing that whole, we don't really care, dismissive thing as an act. But really, they have their eyes on it. But I've seen some UAPB fans, and I think I even seen a player to say they really get up for that Grambling game. So that's why we're putting Grambling here, in addition to having that Bama State connection right there. Um, then let's move forward. Let's go into Grambling, since we're talking about them. And let's go Grambling, obviously. the In my opinion, the biggest yearly game in HBCU football. Now, I didn't say SWAC. I didn't say MEAC. I didn't say Division One. Um, HBCUs. I said in all HBCUs, the biggest game to me, and I talked about this a couple of episodes ago, it is Southern versus Grambling, the Bayou Classic in New Orleans on NBC Thanksgiving weekend. That is the biggest game to me. It's how I was raised. is what my, my frame of reference tells me. That is the biggest HBCU game. I get to see it on a yearly basis on national television. I have to have this here. There was no debate about it, right? We're going to have that. Then, of course, I just said you're going to have the UAPB game. But in addition to that, you're going to have Prairie View. I want to make sure that we're going to have some games at the State Fair Classic. We're going to have some games in the State Fair. I'm going to make sure that both of my Texas teams are able to play in the State Fair against their Louisiana teams. Period. We're going to have Texas versus Louisiana two times in the State Fair every single year. That's not going to change, not at least for the next four years. And that kind of leads me right into Texas Southern. Um, but with Texas Southern, you're going to go with Prairie View because Labor Day Classic is there. But you're going to have to face Southern. We're going to have that, that game in Arlington. I, yeah, I think, it, I think it was at least in Arlington, I believe, last year. I don't know if they're playing at the State Fair anymore, but they used to. Listen, Texas Southern has a strong Dallas population student base. They do. It is strong there. And I understand that a lot of Southern fans don't really like it because they feel like they take up so much of the, of the seating TSU isn't all the way invested in it. I get it. But when you see the other two I have for you, I think you'll be okay. But right now, I got to make sure that I have that neutral site game in whether it's Arlington, whether it's at the State Fair, it doesn't matter. I have to make sure that I have that. So I'm going to make sure that the Dallas fans from Prairie View and the Dallas fans from Texas Southern are able to come home at least once a year to play their games. It's too many of them there for me not to do that. It's too many. So I have to at least appeal to everybody. But let's get into Southern. Now, I'm sorry about the Texas Southern thing. If you're upset about that, it is what it is. I know if there was one Texas team you would have wanted to play, it probably was Prairie View, but that's just not how the cookie crumbles, maybe sometime in the future. But who you do have for the rest of them is Jackson State, so that boombox class, you're going to have that. That's going to be great, right? I told you all my family is going to kill me if I do not allow that to happen. So we're going to have to have that game right there. And I think it's a great one between two great fan bases that really spit venom at each other. And it's, I can't wait. I want to go to that game. I got to make sure that at some point in the next couple of years, I make my way to a Southern Jackson State game because that's just too much fun. And then, of course, you got Grambling. 
We've already went through all three of their teams. Not much to really talk about there. We know it's going to be the Bayou Classic. We're going to have Jackson State versus Southern. And then we're going to have the game in the State Fair. So we're going to go with that. And I think if there was an honorable mention for them, because like I said, it was so many teams that it could have been. I think that we probably would have had like an Alabama AM and um, who could have came in, either Alabama AM or Alabama State. I think that would have been a really good third member for Southern. But as of right now, maybe in four years, if that just doesn't kick off and the Arlington game just doesn't work with Texas Southern going forward, then maybe we'll just scrap that and pick it in for something or pick it up for something else. But as of right now, that's what we're looking at. So we have Prairie View done. We have Southern done. We have Grambling done. We have Texas Southern done. And we also have UAPB. And that leaves us with Alcorn. And Alcorn is going to have every game in Mississippi. So they'll have the chance to say we are the Mississippi champs every single year because they're going to play Jackson State. They're going to play Mississippi Valley. You don't have to worry about that. So if you're an Alcorn fan, if you like Alcorn and you like saying that we run the state, I got you. You'll be okay. You can say, hey, we knocked off Jackson State. We knocked off Mississippi Valley. The other two teams at best can say that they knocked off you, but they can't say they knocked off each other every year. So remember, you're not. It's not that you're not playing these schools if I don't have you on a permanent list. It's just the fact that you're not playing them every single year. You'll alternate. So if you don't like who I didn't put in here, you'll still play them every other year. But let me know in the comments below if you don't. And then, of course, you're going to have Alabama A&M wrapping up their triumvirate of teams that you're going to be facing on a every year basis. This is something that I had so much fun doing. I hope that you guys enjoyed listening to it. Um, if you did, please let me know in the comments if you enjoyed this, if this is something that, hey, I don't know if we want to do this again. We like the schedule, but this is just kind of experiment. It's offseason, things that could happen, things that could happen anew. And if we have 14 teams, I'm not going to do an expanded SWAC and then create it because that's just too much makeshift. I don't want to put another two teams in here and then make them have to go against whatever. I like just going with what who's or what, what teams are actually here right now. But let me know what you would have fixed. If you like the list, I hope you did. And then let me know if you want to see more of this. I might do the the sweat. The, uh, the SEC has thrown out some schools or some scheduling formats out there. So I don't know. We I don't know what we'll do. We might just make our own schedule. <laughs> but I had a lot of fun doing this. So this is something I'm interested in maybe replicating in another form. Let me know what you think. And continue making us your first listen of the day every single day for your second listen of the day make sure you're checking out the conference shows like locked on acc with candace cooper much love and much round of applause should be given to her for coming on here she always comes never never questions just say yeah i'm doing it come on and then we we knock it out so i always appreciate her make sure you're checking out her on locked on acc and in the meantime in between time if you're looking for me you can find me on twitter at south exclusives until the next time that we hear each other family take care stay blessed Peace.